Hey, welcome into Agency Sports powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Luke Warsham in for Zach Bingham on this Tuesday. Uh, make sure you follow us all over social media. We go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Also hit us up on Instagram and TikTok. We're Nashville's on-demand sports talk network. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for our show and they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Man, do the Pulse of Fitness. One 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room with full-body electronic muscle stimulation. Your first workout is free at mandu.com. Wilson County Hyundai, find your next ride. Head out to Lebanon, wilsoncountyhyundai.com to get everything they have. And the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destinations for comprehensive Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Care, boneandjointtn.org. So there's a lot of injuries today. So uh, Bone and Joint probably will get some extra mentions about how the Titans are banged up. They have one, two straight in a row, Luke. Uh, So it it has been a while since you've been on the morning show filling in for Zach. So uh, how do you feel about the Titans three games in sitting at two and one? after an ugly, ugly week one performance against the Cardinals. How are you feeling as you sit right now on September 28th? I feel pretty good. Uh, I, I think that in all likelihood, this team is going to be 4-1 and one entering week six. I don't think that's thinking too far ahead. They're going to kill the Jets. The Jets have scored 20 points in three games. Um, that Derek Henry manhandles the Jaguars constantly. I can't remember the last time Jacksonville beat the Titans, so – that game is going to be fairly one-sided. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think they're in a good position. I, I don't take a whole lot of stock into the messiness of the win on Sunday, partially because it's a division game. And, and as you know, you kind of throw out the record book in those games. But also, if not for a couple of fluky turnovers, that Nick Westbrook-Akina fumble, the uh, Chester Rogers drop that led to the big interception – and I didn't think Ryan Tannehill made a horrible decision on that other pick. Um, I think uh, Tommy Hudson probably could have bailed him out a little bit better. Uh, but if And I know this is revisionist history, but those are fluky plays. And if those fluky plays don't happen, Titans beat the Colts by three scores. So uh, I think that um, the Titans are in a good position. And I'm already looking ahead and looking forward to that Monday night game here against Buffalo. That's dangerous, though. That's very dangerous to do that, is to look ahead. Yes. Because, look, the Jets are bad. The The Jags had, you know, an 109-yard kick six return against the Cardinals to really flip that game on Sunday. Then the Cardinals, you know, took control and, and beat the Jags. But, yeah, I mean, yes, you're right. The Titans should be 4-1 and one, uh, when it comes for that home Monday night game against the Buffalo Bills, who look pretty good, too, as they – put a hang up over 40 on uh, Washington on Sunday. So let's go ahead and get into these injuries because it is concerning that AJ Brown really has not done all that much so far this season. Everybody was expecting AJ to have an explosive third year in the NFL where really he earns his second contract this year, right? Luke, like you're going to go into this off season expecting to pay AJ Brown a ton of money. The first game, he got a touchdown pass, but the Titans were blown out overall. In the second game, he had four drops by my account. Nine targets, three catches. Really bad. Not good. Not good. And then so in game three, you're expecting against the Colts for him to just explode uh, and rebound. And then he pulls his hamstring or strains, technically strains his hamstring 
on a go route uh, early in that game. And so Adam Schefter had the injury update yesterday for A.J. Brown. Here it is. I'll throw it up on the screen. Titans wide receiver A.J. Brown has a strained hamstring and expected to be considered week to week per source. So here we are again in a year after A.J. battled through knee injuries, plural, all last season. It's week three when another injury pops up. Yeah. As he's been managing this his knee throughout August and September already. And here, and remember, like last year, some point, AJ, it seemed like every time he got tackled in a game, that first tackle he took in a game, it would be a slow get up off the yeah. turf with maybe like an ankle or something. Like so yeah. AJ's starting to stack up a bunch of injuries already. How concerned are you about this one? I'm concerned. I really am because, look, I love A.J. Brown as much as the next guy, but he's been injury-prone so far in his career. He just has. Um, And it's lots of, like, nagging stuff. Now, I know last year he deserves a lot of credit for the toughness he showed and playing through injuries that resulted in a double surgery once the season ended. Um, But but this is kind of who A.J. Brown has become, no? I mean, his rookie season, he missed most of training camp with, I believe, a hamstring problem. You mentioned the problems from the 2020 season. And now already missed most of training camp with something, a knee injury. And now he can't even run a go route without hurting his hamstring. Like, this is like Marcus Mariota type stuff. Yeah, now, AJ has been able to play through a lot of it. Easy E on YouTube says, AJ already earned his his contract playing on two bum knees. No, no, AJ Brown has earned his second contract. This season, absolutely. What? You don't think AJ Brown has earned his second contract? Now, what this year is just about how much it'll cost. Look, if 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 he plays five games this year, I'm not paying him $15 million. Right, but you're still going to pay him. Like, A.J. Brown... But he's probably not going to take less than that. Well, again, A.J. Brown has... My, my The point is, A.J. Brown has earned his second contract from the Titans. It's all about how much is it going to be. And, and you can get into, will A.J. accept it? Sure. But he has earned... The Titans will offer him a contract. Sure, yeah. The title, That's the point. This isn't going to be a... Uh, Oh, who was it that that they just kind of let go out the door? Corey Davis. <laughs> yeah, this ain't they're not Corey letting Davis. AJ. They're not treating AJ Brown like Corey Davis. They are. They will offer AJ Brown a contract extension this upcoming off season. The next fifteen games plus the playoffs will determine how much that contract will be worth. Yeah, I, I guess it's just you guess. I what wanted- is incorrect about what I just said? I want him to take another step. <laughs> sure, we all do. But like he is like a guy has gone back to back one thousand yard seasons in a run first offense and has made the Pro Bowl in his second year. He's earned the fact he's earned the offer. It's just about how much money is on that check. Like you're like you're smiling because you know I'm right and you're just trying not to agree with me. I'm smiling because I don't want to get like cold take. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's like if you say if you say it how I said it, you're not going to get gold taped. Okay. It's just they will offer him a contract extension this offseason. It's just you you would if he plays five games this year, you would offer him you 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 think his talent is enough to where you're not concerned about the constant unavailability. 
I mean, I would structure the contract differently, but I would still offer him an extension. Like AJ Brown's going to get an extension offered to him in the month of like February or March at some point. It just might be 9 million as our friend. Or there might be less guaranteed money. I I don't, you know, there might be some different situations with how you structure it, but he has definitely uh, earned the offer from the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. He's a player you want to keep around. Absolutely. He's absolutely a guy you want to keep here, especially because of his superstardom. He gets it on and off the field and knows how to be a superstar. But yeah, the the injuries are concerning. Like if he plays, like you're saying, five games this year, then you drastically change that offer, but you're still giving him an offer out there regardless. Okay, so let's go ahead and get to our question about this A.J. Brown injury because uh, I'll throw up the Adam Schefter report here in a second again. But when should A.J. Brown play next? At the Jets, at the Jags, or versus the Bills? When should A.J. Brown play next? At the Jags, uh, excuse me, at the Jets, at the Jags, or versus the Bills? Those are the next uh, three games for the Titans as he's considered week to week. So let me tell you guys about the Bone and Joint Institute, and then we'll talk about A.J. Brown's hamstring. Whenever you get hurt, in life, you need to know who to go to and who to trust. And that's the folks at the Bone and Joint Institute right there in Franklin. They make it easy on you. A lot of times, whenever you get hurt, you got to go to one place for the diagnosis. Then you got to go to an imaging center. Then you got to go have the surgery at a surgery center and then a rehab facility. That's like four or five different places around town. With Bone and Joint, streamlined, one place, one building. Everybody's there, all the experts under one roof. Boneandjointtn.org. They've got specialists there. They can specialize in literally any injury that can occur with you and your body. Make sure you trust them to get back to health, boneandjointtn.org. And our friends at BetMGM have a great deal going on for you today. If you sign up for their app and you use that promo code you see there, A to Z Sports, they will give you a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. It's a great deal to take advantage of. Maybe you're always on Twitter. Maybe you've seen our pick show before, or or you see people talking about sports betting all the time, and and you've always just wanted to to hop in and get your feet wet. This is a great deal to do that with. Or maybe you're a vet and you're just looking for a great deal to take advantage of or, or another book to try out. This is also a great deal for you. So whatever stage you are in in your sports betting life, you need to go to BetMGM and give them that promo code because they will give you a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. Definitely check that out there. The A to Z Sports Pick Show is today at 2 o'clock, by the way. So catch that. I've already seen Alan's email of what it's going to have with Alan and Brian Edwards. Okay, so the question is, and, and I've, I'll throw it up there again, the report from Adam Schefter yesterday. Titans wide receiver A.J. Brown has a strained hamstring and is expected to be considered <sighs> week-to-week per source. That is uh, the report from Adam Schefter yesterday. So our question is, when should he play next? Overwhelmingly, Luke, mm-hmm. the answer is the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Overwhelming. Because that's the uh, right answer. You think it's the right answer? Yeah, definitely. All because right, I, will, I will let you go ahead and, and explain. Well, I see zero chance of the New York Jets beating the Titans. Like, I saw people in the comments like, you never know this. Like, the Jets suck, guys. This is not even the Bengals from last year. Because remember, that was a game that we're all like, well, the Titans got this one in the bag, and then Joey Burrow came out and beat them. Like, that, they're not even like that. The Jets are horrific. Again, 20 points in three games, guys. Going against, I can't believe I'm going to say this, a good Titans third down defense. All right. So, 
Uh, I see zero chance that the Jets beat the Titans. This, it's going to be a disaster for them. And the Titans win games for the most part that they should win. Jacksonville may be more of a chance just because, I don't know, maybe Trevor Lawrence is a little better than Zach Wilson, who's been sort of erratic and all over the place. And it is a division game. But even then, like, the the Jags are 0-3, right? Because they lost yeah. to Houston. They, yeah. Uh, these are just two of the worst teams in the league. Like they this literally, be, they literally are two of the worst teams. It, it could be pick one and pick two. Like that's what we're talking about here. Again, like they were pick one and pick two last year, and and again in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two, they could be the top two picks in the draft. Like, like these are teams that the Titans are going to beat. If if you're sitting there thinking, I don't know, like you just don't have a whole lot of trust in Mike Vrabel, which I think you should because he's a proven winner as a head coach. All right. And Dom says they're, they're an NFL team though. Uh, I don't think he should play against them, but you can't take them lightly. And look, the Titans showed that they could beat the Colts and finish and close out that game without AJ, the yeah. basically the entire time. Uh, I mean, AJ was out on the Titans second drive, of the game. And uh, then Julio did not play in the fourth quarter with the Titans on the Titans last two drives where they scored the 11 points. They basically won them the game. So, and Ryan brings up the Bengals last year when Luke said that the Titans typically win games are supposed to, unless it's the Bengals, right? Or, uh, there's but, been but games- last year's Bengals with Joe Burrow are b- like light years ahead of this year's Jets team. That's but, what I was just sure. saying. Yeah, but there's a lot of there. There are so many uh, examples of the Titans playing down to their opponent in making games like that a lot closer than they should be. Yeah, but for every one of those you can give me, I can give you Detroit in week 14 or 15, who they kick the fill in the blank out of at Nissan Stadium. Yeah, and I can barely even remember that game. Uh, the yeah. Bears, they killed right. the Bears. Well, they year. killed the Bears by seven points, like, <laughs> or like uh, it was a closer yeah, game. Yeah, because they let off the gas in the second half after it was a blowout. Yeah, but there's the uh, Chris brings up the Bills in 2018. Stat padding in that game. Yeah, about the, the, look, again, regardless, there's a lot of examples of the Titans laying eggs. They beat the Bills if Nick Williams catches that touchdown. Well, but he didn't, he, and they lost. That, and they lost Marcus the Mariota at quarterback. But that, that's the point, though. That is the point, is that weird things happen in the NFL and drastically change the game. And the Titans have typically had the Nick Williams drops in the end zone that caused them to get uh, to lose to a game that they shouldn't. I'm not looking to 2018 as a predictor of what's going to happen to the Titans in 2021. Sure, different, yeah, absolutely different Last teams. year, sure. 2019, sure, with Tannehill. And, and I said this yesterday, Luke, I, I, you would hope, that last year's Bengals game would prevent that from happening against the Jets and the Jags in the next two weeks, right? Like you would hope so. Yeah. Uh, but so here's ideally, uh, there is zero purpose for AJ Brown to play against the Jets, right? It's a trip. Like, don't even like send him to New York. Just don't <laughs> even put him on the plane because, yeah. you know, I know where a hamstring can get real tight sitting on an airplane. That sounds miserable to me. If yeah. you have a strained hamstring and you're sitting, you know, you can't even stretch your legs out, uh, and you know, that sounds awful. Don't even put AJ Brown on the plane to go to the play the New York Jets. Just leave him at home, let him rehab, and then see what next week looks like. Ideally, you would like him to play against the Jags 
it's a divisional game that you have to win. I would like him to be ready to go against the Bills. That's the ultimate goal. And I, I would love to see a little bit, a splash of AJ in Jacksonville against the Jags to make to knock the rust off. Because again, he's coming off two games where he's got four drops and he strained a hamstring. I want to see AJ catch the football and have him regain that confidence to go into that Monday night game against the Bills. So ideally, don't take him to New York. Have him play a little bit in Jacksonville in two weeks to let him be ready to go for that Monday night game against the Bills. Because that is everybody people that answer the Bills are right. That's what they need him for. Yeah. But but I I would like to see him against the Jags just a little. And, you know, maybe to do like an emergency situation with them against uh, the Jags, like the Bud Dupree thing, which we'll, we'll get into, I'm sure. But also, I will at say least that. Him, like, at least let him go through warm-ups, right? Like, like Bud Dupree went through warm-ups. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the one thing that could win this game for the Jets was Zach was here. So Corey Davis revenge game. I didn't even think about that. Well, yeah. I'm joking mostly, but I, I seriously forgot that Corey Davis was – Playing. He's having a good year, but the Jets are just getting their asses kicked every yeah, week. Lots so. of uh, lots of uh, stat padding. But then again, again, that's what Corey Davis signed up for. He got twelve and a half million dollars a year to go have good stats, stats on a bad and team, blowout yes. losses. Yes, exactly. Why not? I mean, like, go get paid, Corey. Like, go for <laughs> it, man. Like, that's what you're doing, and I, I don't uh, blame him whatsoever. I think it was the right move for him. Uh, DJ says that Corey will just run out of bounds. Uh, so no, again, like I, I think playing AJ because you want to be able to have AJ ready to go for Bills Chiefs, and that's two big games. Murderers row right there in six days, right? Because it's uh, you you have the Bills game, which buys you that extra day for AJ and whoever else to get healthy because it's Monday night. But a quick turnaround. Luckily, they're both at home, so there's no travel in those six days. But I, I think. You know, you got to get this team ready to go when it turn when it comes to Bills and Chiefs uh, later in October. Yeah, yeah, because those games are against the two best teams in the AFC, arguably. And I think we'll figure out sort of where the Titans are in those two games. Yeah, Scott says, uh, is Ferkser going to be back this week? We have no idea yet. It's just Tuesday, but we're going to talk about Anthony Ferkser here in our next segment. That's a great segue. Yeah, and that's what I was doing it for there, Scott. Appreciate the assist from Scott Weaver uh, on the uh, transition here. So there are four Titans, four key injuries that we're going to talk about today, and we want to know which of these four concern you most. And we just spent, you know, 20 minutes talking about A.J. Brown. So A.J. Brown is not going to be in this specific conversation. Uh, so we'll we'll discuss these. Which four, uh, which of these four injuries concerns you most with the Titans? But real quick, I'm going to tell you about Wilson County Hyundai. WilsonCountyHyundai.com is where to go to find out, uh, to get your new ride. So just WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Go out to Lebanon and see Payne Bone and his crew. They'll help you find that, that next ride for you the right ride for you. And they'll let you test drive it. They'll give you the whole 24-hour test drive so you can drive it off the lot, take it to wherever you want it, drive it home, park it, wake up the next morning, go look at it in the garage or where you park outside and say, yeah, I can see that. I can see myself in that. And then figure out the numbers after the fact. So Wilson County Hyundai, Payne Bone and his team in Lebanon do a fantastic job of making your car buying experience 
stress-free. That's it. It's WilsonCountyHyundai.com is where to go. When you get in your Wilson County Hyundai, pull out your phone and download the BetMGM app because when you give them the promo code A to Z Sports, you see it there on your screen, they will give you a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. You're not going to find a better deal than that, and that's because DraftKings is the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Yes, that's right. BetMGM, download the BetMGM app and visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older, must be present in Tennessee. And for gambling problem support, call Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. All right, so which of these four injuries are you concerned about most with the Titans? Is it Bud Dupree, Amani Hooker, Anthony Ferkser, or Caleb Farley? Uh, that is the question there. Which of these... Uh, injuries are you concerned about most? Bud Dupree, Amani Hooker, Anthony Ferkser, or Caleb Farley? Luke, I'll let you start. I'm having trouble. For me, it's between a couple. Uh, I'm going to go Bud Dupree because I think you can get away with Ola Adaini and, um, you know, Rashad Weaver before he got hurt being your primary pass rushers against a team like the Colts. With with Harold Landry, yeah. Yeah, but once you get out of this cupcake portion of the schedule and you get into that murderer's row of of Kansas City and Buffalo, you need guys who can affect those superstar quarterbacks and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Now, I know those are weeks away, so you know perhaps Bud Dupree is healed by then, but that's what concerns me the most because they paid him a ton of money to come in here and play with his hair on fire and get after the quarterback. Now, I thought Bud Dupree – played fine in week two against Seattle. I thought he did some nice things. I don't know where pro football focus got this idea that he was just totally unimpactful. It was absurd. But he hadn't played with his hair on fire yet, which unlike Rashawn Evans and that weird quote from Jim Hazlitt, Bud Dupree has a history of playing in the NFL with his hair on fire. We just haven't seen that guy yet because he's not all there. And Vrabel mentioned it on Friday. Someone asked about Bud Dupree and his comment was, uh, he's still working to to get back all the way. Yeah. And until he does, this Titans defense is not going to reach its full potential because Harold Landry's played very, very well through three games. But it's not going to be until they've got another guy screaming off the edge. And look, I love Ola Danny as much as the next guy, but but this is, uh, what's the word, like his, his production. It's not an anomaly. It's just like, it's not sustainable, you know? I mean, maybe. Uh, I don't know, like uh, the guy, but the, but he all looked explosive throughout training camp in the preseason, though too. Oh right? yeah, but, yeah. And so it's carried over. He should have so, had, had two and a half sacks on Sunday, if not for right. Uh, so why why should it, why should it be sustainable for Ola? Because because Luke, we were out there watching those practices too. Every ninety two made plays. We're like, oh man, look at Ola out there just getting after it. And then and the, yeah, and then it went into the preseason games and him doing it. And then we're like, yeah, but it's preseason, so he's on the team as like a bonus pass rusher. <laughs> and, and now and then we're still do? convincing ourselves that and wow, now he's the te- now he's leading the team in sacks in three games. And Mike Vrabel, who, you know, is not one to really compliment an individual player, was like, yeah, you know, we were talking in our meeting this week about we need to get him some more snaps. It's like, well, okay. Well, think about it. Think about the the clutchness of Ola's sacks. The sack, the sack on Russell Wilson that should have been the walk-off safety. His sack that got wiped off the board in the Colts game from, from the hold was at the end of the game when the Titans were trying to end it, Right. So like he's coming up with timely plays 
as well, not just being productive, yeah. but being productive in clutch moments. So I, I think I think Ola should be sustainable right now. Now, if he's playing like starter snaps, uh, you know, how does he do on the conflict downs on first and ten and when the run's coming? Right, right. Like we've seen him rush the passer really well. How does he play the full position overall? So let's go ahead. And, I'm going to read some comments because the question is which of these. Titans injuries concerns you most between Bud Dupree and Monty Hooker, Anthony Ferkser, or Caleb Farley. Um, uh, Kendrick says Bud. Uh, Kenneth says Bud Dupree. Steven says Caleb Farley. Amy sa- asked, is, is Christian Fulton okay? Luke, I'll let you talk about that with Christian Fulton because he got banged up a couple times in that game but continued to come back. Yeah, he came back. I think he's fine. I mean, yeah. you, would, you would hope that he is fine. I haven't seen – I mean, we'll see the injury report tomorrow, but – I would imagine that he's limited or full tomorrow and that he'll play on Sunday. Uh, Caleb says Dupree, easily Dupree, edge is the most limited. Uh, Especially says, after Weaver's injury. Yeah, and Rashad Weaver wasn't like a huge player anyway right now, but it, it does suck. He was lose. playing, though. I mean. Yeah, he was scratched in the first game. Um he was a situ- he was a game plan type player. Like yeah. he was a, it depended on the quarterback they were going to play or depended on the offense. When um, I asked Vrabel why he wasn't active that first game and he said it was special teams. So I mean I, and then week 2 we saw him on kickoff. So right, kickoff. Oh gosh, I hate I hate kickoff and kickoff return now. They You know who's really really bad at kickoff? It's the Titans. They every, stink at returning kickoffs. Everybody does. Nobody can block kick returns now because they can't practice it the right way and the rules make it terrible. I mean, so I just hate I'm it. I'm not looking for Devin Hester. It's just like how about not start at the 15 every No, time? I'm with you. But nobody can block a damn kick return. Like nobody can block it up. Like punt returns they're pretty good uh with uh with what Chester Rogers was doing, or, or Chet, as Vrabel's calling him now. Uh, William <laughs> says Caleb Farley's concerned there. Cody says Dupree for sure. Larry says Bud. Donald says Hooker. Andrew Reed says Farley hoping uh, for a, a hit on a first-rounder this season. And then and, uh, now here's the interesting thing. In week okay. one, they got blown out so bad that it was deemed to be okay to let Caleb Farley play. Now, I wonder what would have to happen for Dylan Radins to get to play. Like, it'd have to get really bad for the second-round pick to, to get to play. Well, he has to be active first. Yeah. I, I, I'm being coy right now. No, I know. But, the, like, that's – I was, too. He's got to be active first yeah. on, on the game day. So, with, with Caleb Farley, I was never concerned about or expecting him to have a great rookie year. The Caleb Farley pick was a year two, three, four – type of pick in the first round with with what he was going through over the last several months of his of his back surgery. So that's not that big of a deal to me. Jarrell says Ferkser, the Titans are thin at receiver. But I think the way that Michael Pruitt and Jeff Swain have played. Jeff Swain sucked. Jeff's yeah, just Jeff Swain, but Michael Pru- I'm sorry, Ferkser was not going to take away snaps from Jeff Swain. Jeff Swain was going to get the same snaps that he's always gotten with Ferkser in there. Michael Pruitt has stepped up and has played really well. You would think if Ferkser comes back, does that move Jeff Swain down? And it's Ferkser and Pruitt. That's what I would like to see uh, with with Ferkser. But my answer for this, Luke, I'm going to go with Amani Hooker. Yeah. I think Amani Hooker is so much better than the Titans' other safeties behind him 
besides Kevin Byard. I think Amani Hooker is such a difference maker. Oh, yeah. And they're about to play really good quarterbacks. And they're about to have quarterbacks test them down the field consistently. Uh, after, obviously, the Jets and the Jags. Really good quarterbacks are after the two rookies. Uh, but I think Hooker is a big difference maker with this defense. And he is somebody that can make some significant plays. I think a reason why the Titans are minus six in turnover differential is because Amani Hooker is a turnover creator. And -hmm. they haven't had their best turnover creator uh, the last couple of games. And so uh, Dane Crookshank can be fine in, in spot duty. Obviously, Bradley McDougal got the pink slip after one week of starting. But Amani Hooker is my answer. I want to respond to this comment from Caleb talking about his namesake, Caleb Varley. Um, Why is it concerning to anyone? He was drafted for the future, expecting him to play meaningful snaps after two back surgeries. He's expecting too much. Here's the problem with that. He's been cleared. He's healthy. It's a shoulder problem that he's dealing with right now. But take the shoulder problem away, he's still not playing. I don't understand why, and I think it's like a Stockholm Syndrome thing, Titans fans have been so conditioned to first and second round draft picks doing nothing as rookies outside of A.J. Brown and Jeffrey Simmons. And Jeffrey Simmons didn't do much. He did a little bit. He played well in that Chargers game. But, like, you draft players in the first and second round to come in and make an impact. This is in 2002 when you're drafting Keith Bullock and using him as a backup for three years. And then in, four, in the fourth year, he finally gets to start. Those days are gone. The good teams draft people who come in and play because they're good enough to play. The problem with Caleb Farley is that before the shoulder injury, he was not deemed good enough to play yeah, for the but, Titans. Look, but we have to understand this is not a video game. It's not like just that when you're healthy, you come in and you play exactly how you were. Like you ha- He hasn't played football in a long time. There's a lot of – like he's overcoming an injury and he's overcoming sitting out for 16 months of not playing in action – well, then they shouldn't have drafted him. If that's a problem. No, 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 no. No, you you draft him because of how good he was at playing the corner position. Like he was an all conference corner in his like third year playing the damn position, and so you draft first round draft picks based on ceiling because you have that fifth year of control. Ceiling is like only the big badasses, like the big bodies, the edge rushers, and the big corners and the big wide receivers go in the first round and quarterbacks, right? Those are the people that are not a lot. There's not a lot of those humans walking around in the country right now, like like big body tackles and edge rushers and big corners, big wide receivers and quarterbacks. You got to get those guys in the first round. You have to get Caleb Farley in the first round and hope over time that he knocks off that rust and you have a long-term plan for him. The guy's a special talent. Clocked in like uh, four threes or four twos at 6'1", 200 whatever pounds, playing corner, and he's raw at that position. But when you when you saw him out there at Vatek two seasons ago, he was an all-conference player and he showed up on campus as a wide receiver. Like That's a guy that's worth a, a first-round draft pick to make sure you have him for the long haul. And that's just where you have to draft him. Like he fell to you because he hadn't played in a game in 16 months. And it's been even longer than that now. So like, I'm not worried. Like it's all about chess. Like I hate that cliche, but Caleb Farley is an absolute chess move. 
And right now, because the Titans are a division winner, a playoff team, they can afford to do that. Like, they could afford to draft Keith Bullock in 2000, 30th overall, and have him sit on the bench for a couple of years because they're one of the best teams in the league. And so when you are one of the best teams in the league, you don't need your, your first-round picks or your rookies to have that big of an impact. You can do what Nick Saban does a little bit and redshirt them. And then you can use them the next year. Like, well, look what Christian Fulton's doing. Christian Fulton is a perfect example of that. Of like, sure, you needed Christian Fulton last year as a rookie, but yeah, but Christian Fulton played when he was healthy as a rookie. Caleb Farley's not because Caleb Farley because Christian Fulton played college the year before. Caleb Farley has not played in a long time. Like playing, like not playing football for well for like two seasons is a weird deal. Like that is a like you don't just snap back in and like you're ready to play like you were like a week ago. Like you gotta re, you know, get yourself ready for that. Like it's that that's a truth. Like it's not just riding a bike. Like you kind of rolled your eyes there, but like football is like a different type of game. Like you I, can't I, just walk right into it after not playing and missing a whole I, season like that. I, I think the with point back I, injury, I'm, the point I'm trying to make is that Caleb Farley is just the latest example in a series of John Robinson draft picks that can't produce as rookies. Dale, Dylan Radins is another. We were just joking about that. Like what what travesty would have to happen to get him onto the field? And, and Dylan Radins is like, I, I don't think we made it. We did not. I know this, not think. I know that we, nobody in Titans media made a big enough deal about the Titans first two draft picks only combining for one football game in 2020. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal because but these I don't guys think, are rusty. I don't think that matters for Radins. I think he just stinks. I think part. I think it matters a little bit because if he would have had a if he would have had a full schedule, he would have gotten more reps. He was drafted in the second round to be an offensive tackle, and now he's the third string guard. Oh, like, again, I, I like. I think Dylan Radins. I put more fault on John Robinson for Dylan Radins than I knew Caleb Farley right now because Caleb Farley, you knew what you were getting into. Like, like you know, and, and I'll give you your point about the athleticism and the ceiling with Farley, and you see that on the practice field. All we saw in the practice field with Dylan Radins was him getting worked by like Derek Roberson and Wyatt Ray and those guys. Like it was a, yeah. it was a, it was really bad. Ray, Radins and Farley are very different, very different. Like Dylan Radins is not but both ready. disappointing. Both, yes, both can be. You can be disappointed by both, but I think you have to understand the situation with uh, Caleb Farley a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Nate says the last first rounder who had an awesome rookie year was Jack Conklin in 2016, five years ago. Yeah, when the Titans were the worst team in the league the year before. <laughs> That's my point, is that the the Titans were the first pick in the 2016 draft. They traded it away, and then they moved up to go get Conklin because they sucked out loud. And so now they no longer suck out loud. They're a really good team. So you ha- and there's another comment I want to read, too, that I just saw as I was scrolling by. To close out my thoughts on this on this topic of conversation. Jay Rob has completely transformed this franchise. Y'all give him too much hate for misses and not enough credit for hits. See, yes, Jay John Robinson has, has transformed the Titans franchise. But I have a problem with this attitude of like in sports that we cancel stuff out. It's like, you know, this guy dropped eight passes and then caught the game winning touchdown. He totally redeemed himself. No, he dropped eight passes and he caught the game winning touchdown. They are both true. 
John Robinson has transformed the Titans and has hit on a number of players, mostly through free agency and trades. All right. John Robinson has also been consistently underwhelming with his day one and early day two draft picks. Both of those statements are true. One does not cancel out the other. It is a full picture. Yes. Yes, I agree. But I do think each first round draft pick has had different circumstances, right? Like it's, and right now, none of them, like, I mean, Rashawn Rashawn Evans, I didn't like that pick when it happened. Rashawn Evans is the one, like, draft pick that first round pick that uh, John Robinson made. That was a, I think an interesting decision. I think the others can be explained away, right. Or given a, a reason why the pick can be justified. The Rashawn Evans was the only like, you know, natural, normal. I mean, I'm even willing pick. to give him lazy Panda made a ton of sense. They needed a tackle. They needed a tackle, and he was a six foot five behemoth who could move, who was a project at like 21 years old, who they drafted in the first round so they can get the fifth year of control with him. Yeah, like all of that made a lot of sense. And the same thing with Jeffrey Simmons top five talent drops to 19 because he's hurt, scoop him up. Yeah, well, the thing with Simmons is is they knew that he was missing. They drafted him knowing that he would miss, you know, half of the season. That wasn't like a Just shock. like Caleb Farley. Like they didn't drafted, know Caleb Farley would would not. But you, but there was a but the Caleb Farley back situation. You knew there was a big asterisk next to his health, and you knew that it might not be this yeah, year. But the reason he's playing right now has nothing to do with the back surgeries. But the reason why, yes, he got he got hurt. He hurt his shoulder, right? We don't know what happened, but he hurt his shoulder in the first game somehow. But the reason why he was not playing very well is because of the back surgeries and not playing in a football game for a long time and missing the whole year plus with back surgeries. Like that's a big deal of not having that last year of college to help you get prepared and get more reps and get better rehabbing right like uh-huh. there's a difference in, in when you're when you're always rehabbing in an off season you're trying to get back to where you were when you're not rehabbing in an off season you're trying to get better than where you were so Caleb Farley is still trying to get back to where he was not working on getting better and improving his game yeah yeah all right so let's talk about Julio Jones because <laughs> Luke you were uh at Mike Vrabel's press conference Uh, yesterday and Jack and I talked about this yesterday on the show is that I think there was a load management going on with Julio Jones. We will play the Mike Vrabel audio from Monday and from Sunday, and we will see what we think about this overall. But first, let me tell you guys about our friends at renters warehouse, renterswarehouse.com. They're the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Simply go to renterswarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for. There's so many different ways you can use Renters Warehouse to your benefit, whether it's creating extra cash flow for your family or long-term equity, which means long-term wealth, which means retirement plans. Yes, you can set up your retirement plan uh, very well with Rent Estate and let Renters Warehouse do all of the work for you. Simply renterswarehouse.com is where to get started. And today, if you download the BetMGM app and you give them the promo code A to Z Sports, they will give you a risk-free bet of up to one thousand dollars. Again, that's with BetMGM, the king of sports books. 
Yep. Uh, also, A to Z Sports Picks with Brian Edwards and Alan Bell coming up today at 2 o'clock right now, right here on the same channels you're watching. So get ready for that. They'll get you set up for uh, the uh, the slate of college football in the NFL later this week. Okay, Luke, uh, let's talk about the situation with Julio Jones and what went on yesterday. So let's play these videos back to back. Let's play post game Vrabel Sunday when asked about Julio, and then we'll follow it up with Monday Vrabel asked about Julio. Here's Sunday Vrabel. So what happened down the stretch to be without Julio Jones? Yeah, I, mean, I just think that as this thing you know played out, just trying to manage you know where he's at and. You know, understand that what the type of game that we thought the the end of the game was going to be. Um, you know, and those guys were going in there and trying to, you know, dig safeties out. So we'll keep looking at those guys. And you know, there's a lot of guys that are, um, you know, going to need some 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 rest this week. You know, a lot of guys. You know, they played hard, a physical game, and uh, hopefully we can we can be ready to go when we head up to New York. All right. So that was Sunday Vrabel. Here is Monday Vrabel on Julio. You know about Julio. Guys go through games, guys guys get tight, and I felt like it was in the best interest of our football team and everybody involved that he'd be available in an emergency situation at that point in time. There hasn't been, other than one admitted, I would say, lapse in judgment in the first game, which everybody would agree on, myself, the team, Julio, there hasn't been one situation where I was, was disappointed. He's played physical. He came back, played great last week. Played physical yesterday. And that's that's where we were. So there is uh, Vrabel yesterday. I think I took from that, and I tweeted it, that Mike Vrabel knew the Titans could beat the Colts without Julio Jones, so he was able to live decision, load manage Julio Jones during that game. That is my opinion on, and maybe he got tight. I don't know. He didn't say Julio got tight. He just says yeah, guys. Get, Not in that video, but he did say it in the press conference. When? Yesterday? Um, yeah. Let me find the quote. In a, in a follow-up? Cause he said, guys get tight. He, when I heard him say it, it was never a Julio got tight. It was, you know, guys get tight sometimes and you have to make decisions. And he never specifically said that. So, okay, now as it relates to your question, guys get tight. Yep. Uh, okay, don't you don't think that means Julio? It, it, Mike Vrabel doesn't say things specifically. So, like, but again, <laughs> like, if he got tight and he was available in an emergency situation, but there was no injury destination, like, there was no injury, like, you, you're in the press box. You always, like, they always say over the press box. Quiddy Pay out for the game with whatever his injury was. Yeah, AJ that Brown never happened with Julio. No, because he wasn't hurt or he wasn't injured. He might have been tight, but tight. that's not. But that's not injured. So if he was available in emergency situations, meaning Mike Vrabel decided in the fourth quarter, up one, that he thought the Titans could win that game without Julio Jones because they were going to run the ball and pass on situations that they had to do, that they had to, and they could be okay without Julio, and there was no point of risking Julio. That so is do, load. I, that is managing and load <laughs> managing of a player. So I do think game. I do think you are correct that Vrabel made that decision. I think yes. we can look to the comment from Sunday about 
uh, we were just going to be digging out safeties and and basically running the ball a lot and, and pounding Derrick Henry to the end. Uh, so why Vrabel, put Julio in this situation? Hold up, hold up. Vrabel definitely decided that they could win without Julio Jones. The reason that decision mattered is because Julio Jones got tight in the middle of that game. Because, like, Mike Vrabel is not just at random going to say, you know what? We can win this game without Julio Jones. Like, imagine. here. I think this is a f- completely fair analogy. Imagine if he said, you know what? We're going to need – it's a long season. we got to manage, guys. Derek, come on out. Matt Nichols, go in. We can win this game without Derek. Like, he's not going to do that. That would be not – that would be patently absurd, and I would be sitting here crushing him right now if he did that. Right, right. And they need to figure out how to get some of those games with Derek Henry not touching the ball 30 times. But that's a different conversation. Uh I say let the big dog eat. That's my thing. Luke, he's on pace for 500 touches this season. You can't keep that up. You can't keep that up. So with Julio, this is load management, is it not? Like they decided that. It is load management because he, he got tight. Right, but he didn't get hurt. He didn't get injured. He was just tight, right? And so they took him well, out. Let's talk. Let's flesh this out. What does that mean? Tight. Tight. Like, it means it- that. Whatever Julio is dealing with, maybe uh, his uh, calf or hand, uh, some type of muscle was tight and was not as loose and warm and explosive as he would have liked to be. And so there's more of a chance that an injury could happen if you're tight. I'm just not a big fan of uh, sitting your best player out because you think you can win without him. Like this whole idea of like – you know, Jones is valuable, but he's also injury prone. If we could win without him, then I'll set him. Then why did you trade for him? No, it's it's talking about in a game in September because it's the long play, and this is the long play. Bud Dupree, same situation. Bud Dupree was load managed. Now that was predetermined. Julio Jones was a live decision. Here's my favorite comment. You need to be an athlete to understand it. You guys didn't play. Yeah, I hate those comments, but but at, at, to an extent, like it's not incorrect. Like, um, <laughs> I just it's it's isn't it? Don't you find it interesting that I've oh this is year four of Rabel? I don't remember him <laughs> saying that a player is only there for emergency purpose before that game. Before that game, <laughs> that was two. <laughs> yeah. I- it is very strange, and the Bud Dupree stuff like adds some some fuel to that fire. I so do you think Austin that so that they're up by one? Let's say that drive ended in a punt, and then the Colts kick a field goal. Now they're down by two. You think Julio Jones coming into the game at that point? Probably. I think so too. But the fact they scored a touchdown without him, and I thought it was crazy. It was there was a third and there was a third and four, no third and five, the Michael Pruitt conversion, right? And Julio Jones on the sideline, and I'm like, what the hell are they doing? Like they got to get this first down, <laughs> and they just left him over there, like oh, no, no worries. I mean, I think it was uh, Joe Rexrode who pointed out in his column that on the most important offensive play of the game, the receivers were. Chester Rogers, Nick Westbrook, Akina, and Racy McMath. Yeah, and the running back was McNichols. Yeah, like and even the McNichols touchdown catch was a third and goal from like the seven. 
mm-hmm. and they just Julio just chilling. Like if you like you know you've if you if you score a touchdown, you are planning on going up two scores because they knew they were going to go for two, which was a great decision. And they just like thought that Julio Jones was fine on the sideline. Like no worries, no need. It's just yeah. a it's very interesting. Uh, Dom says, someone answer this. Why do we care about this so much? I think we're just caught up in the term load management. Because Why do we care? Because you're – you're okay, someone was like, Luke said Julio Jones is the best player. Derek Henry is their best player. Julio Jones is number two. Your second best player is deemed to be not necessary. Now, I think Vrabel was right. I think they certainly could have beaten the Colts without Julio, and they did. When they did, yes. But it's a big deal that, that, that Julio Jones is not – I don't. How can you not see why this is a big deal? Yeah, and Nate says he goes. I think the media loves Julio Jones because he's Julio freaking Jones. You traded away what a second. I I don't even remember what the trade was for. You, you know, traded like, around a second round pick that could have been used on someone like Dylan Radens for Julio Jones. Yeah, right. Funny joke. But and then you <laughs> restructure his contract to give him eleven million in his pocket. So. That's why you trade for Julio Jones. We want him to be used. We want to see Julio Jones. And we did not see him for like 20 consecutive days in training camp because of some mysterious something happened there in a training camp practice. And then in the first week, him and Tannehill were not working well together. He made a boneheaded decision. He balled out in week two. And then in week three, he started to play really well. He had three nice catches in the first half for 40-something yards. And then they pulled him just because they thought they could. And because he maybe got tight. It's just, that's, it's confusing. It's dramatic. You, you imagine if they hadn't traded for Julio Jones? I tweeted that Sunday. I, yeah, you, that was oh, you. Yeah. I couldn't remember yeah, who and, that was. And so, like, yeah, it would have been really bad. We saw what would have happened. We saw Josh that Josh Reynolds Sunday. sucks, apparently. He's a, he's a healthy scratch. I don't think he's healthy. Like, I, I know uh, he didn't. I, 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 know know he, I know for a fact he is healthy. I, I can, uh, I can, can say that. that. I can confirm that. Sources. A good source. Good source. Josh Reynolds is healthy. Yes. Are you going to write about that on the website? Because I think you should. No, and I'll explain after the show why. But just oh, take my oh, word for it. He is oh, healthy. Okay, trust Luke Warsham. Josh Reynolds is healthy. For the first time since he signed on the dotted line of the Titans, Josh Reynolds is healthy. Per source. Good source from Luke. All right. That's fine. All right, so we'll go ahead and move on to our Tuesday trivia. Normally it's... Tuesday sports trivia, but today it is Tuesday Titans trivia. We got Titans trivia, all Titans questions here on uh, the show today. But before we get to our trivia, let me tell you guys about Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness. One 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is absolutely free. Go check them out. Tell them A to Z Sports sent you because you're going to get your first free workout regardless. But when you tell them A to Z sent you, They'll take a hundred bucks off your first month when you sign up. That's at mandu.com. And I am going to tell you one last time about our friends at BetMGM because if you sign up for their app today and you give them the promo code A to Z Sports, they will give you a risk free bet of up to $1,000. And that is on BetMGM, the king of sports books. All right, Luke, it is time for Tuesday Titans trivia. So I have a question, I have a quiz. Of uh, 15 Titans questions. So we're okay. going to start this quiz. I hit the start button here. 
All right. So um, I, I I don't know how this is going to work. I, I wonder if we're going to get live answers or not, but we'll, we'll have to figure this out. This isn't, again, there's 15. So this is an easy one, right? So this is just for us to figure out how this site works. The Titans pulled off the Music City Miracle against which team in the 2000 playoffs? The Bills. So let's, yes. it, not, it does not tell us if we were right or wrong live. So we're going to have to find out. I hope they get harder than this. Yeah. Yeah. I, they will get harder than this, I believe. Okay. Uh, so I have to submit my answer. Okay. So it did tell us we're right. So next. Okay. Which Titans kicker announced his retirement after 22 seasons in 2004? Which Titans kicker announced his retirement after 22 seasons in 2004? Del Greco? So there are multiple choice on this. Okay. So well, I think we should just do it without the multiple choice. Okay. I mean, I can see the multiple choice though, so it's kind of hard for me to. <laughs> you, you you can nudge us in the right direction. Yes. Uh, and again, no googling, everybody. No googling. Uh, I'm seeing Gary Anderson in the comments. That makes more sense, I think. Yeah. So the 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 multiple choice are Gary Anderson, Rob Bronis, Ola Kimran, and Craig Hendrick. So. It's not yeah, Baronis. It's, it's not Kimran. I believe Craig it's isn't a kicker. So right. So Gary Anderson to submit the answer. The correct answer is Gary Anderson. Next question uh, here. Uh, I'm going to skip this. This one's too easy. Okay. Let's skip this one too. This one's too easy. Sorry. Oh, that was a trick question. That I'm glad I skipped it because I was the question was what was the Titans' first season? I picked 99, and the thing said 97. So the trust level is waning in this. Okay, uh, in 2006, Steve McNair ended how many years in tenure with the Titans to play with the Baltimore Ravens? So how many years did Steve McNair play with the Tennessee Titans? The, the Tennessee Titans or the franchise? The franchise. The franchise. So the the options are 12, 9, 10, and 11. What year? 2006. For whatever reason, my gut says he was a 1995 draft pick. And so that would be 11. Yeah, because 2005 was his last season. Because he played 06 with the Vince Young draft. He played for the Ravens in 06. So 11, when we go 11, I think the chat is saying 11. Because he was an oiler. like He was a Houston oiler for a couple of years. Are we sure he was a 95 draft pick? Yeah, that's Eli my says guess. 90, Eli, Eli says ninety-five draft pick. Chris says ninety-five. I think I'm pretty sure ninety-five draft pick. That just makes sense because I'm pretty sure he was a Houston Oiler for two years, and then because Neil O'Donnell was the starter. No, it wasn't Neil O'Donnell. There was somebody else. Neil O'Donnell came later. Okay. Um, so we're gonna go with eleven. I think that's the right answer. Final A to Z. Submitting the answer, we got that correct. All that right. Correct. All right. What Pro Bowler signed with the Titans in 2006 to replace Justin Hartwig? Who is Justin what, Hartwig? What uh, an offensive lineman. What Pro Bowler signed with the Titans? Oh, uh, Kevin Mawai, no? Yeah. I'm going to go Kevin Mawai. Submitting the answer. Correct. With Kevin Mawai. Hall of Famer Kevin Mawai. Yes. Pro Bowler at the time. 
In 2005, which Titans defensive end ranked fourth in the NFL in sacks? In that's, 2005. That's um, so, do you want the multiple choice? Well, so my guesses are – I feel like Curse was over the hill by that point. So, either maybe Vandenbosch? I think was I think Vandenbosch wasn't around in 05 here. Here are the here are the multiple choices. Kevin uh, Jason Babin was in 2012 or 13. That's too early for him. So here are the options: Travis Leboy, Bo Scoble, Kyle Vandenbosch, Antoine Odom. Vandenbosch is still my I, guess. I think it. I think it's Antoine Odom. What does the chat think? I don't see anyone saying Odom. I see. I think it's Antoine Odom. Vandenbosch, Antoine Odom had a badass. Van and Bosch. Van and Bosch. I don't think Van and Bosch was. I don't think Van and Bosch was that early. We finally, we finally have. A, that's what BMO thinks. Let's do it. Antoine Odom. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go, Antoine Odom. Submitting the answer. Oh no, it's Kyle Van Bosch. Dang it. Oh, I did not realize. No guns. Yeah, that's my bad. Okay. What was the oh? What was the longest losing streak for the Titans in two thousand five? So these are definitely getting harder. I don't know. That's that's before my time. Three, four, five, or six. The longest losing streak in two thousand five. I have no idea. Now, if this was like 2014, I could tell you, but three, four, five, or six. And they're also like, you know, three, four, five, and six. 2005 uh, was McNair's last year. Time, they're getting a lot of sixes. Let's do six because that seems to be the consensus. And this is not one that. Uh... Right. <laughs> it was five. Okay. That sucked. Well. All right, we're trying to get creative on these trivia. I'm skipping this question too. It's stupid. Um, also stupid question. Also dumb question. Dumb easy or dumb like impossible? Dumb, like super specific. Like why would anybody know this? It's oh well, if it's beyond like 2010, I, those are my favorite. <laughs> It's the it's the obscure. Well, it was one like the like, one of them was like what was the, what was the Titans' fourth down percentage in two thousand seven? <laughs> and yeah. Michael says this is messy today. Yeah, it's messy today because we're trying we're trying new now. things we're trying new things on the fly with trivia today, <laughs> and this is not going very well. Who had the most tackles in two thousand five for the Titans? Who led the Titans in tackles? They love two thousand five. Is that yeah, when I don't know why. I don't know. No, this was updated like somewhat recently, the last couple of years. I don't know. Uh, Bullock? Bullock, Brad Castle, Tank Williams, Lamont Thompson are the answers. It's got to be Bullock, right? I'm thinking I'm thinking it's uh I'm thinking it's Keith Bullock. Keith Bullock what? is correct. I don't know why I'm yawning. You're, you're, always, you're, you're always <laughs> yawning when you do the morning show. I don't know why. The morning show takes a lot of energy, and you're not used to exerting this energy in the mornings. 
Uh, who led the Titans in receiving in guess which year? 2005. <laughs> yes. Who led the Titans in receiving yards? Let's see if know. people can get it without Drew me Bennett? giving it. Huh? Drew Bennett? Is that too early for him? The options are Aaron Kinney, Drew Bennett, Chris Brown, Ben Troop. It's got to be Aaron, uh, Drew Bennett, right? Yeah, I would think also Drew Bennett. Drew Bennett is the correct answer. All right. Oh, that was easy too. I'm sorry. This sucks. Are you sure um, you're not in like the 2005 tab? I, I am. Which who did the Titans select with their first round pick in the 1999 draft? Oh come on, Javon Curse. No. Yes, it is Javon Curse. Sorry, I, these sucked. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to like pick a, a specific quiz without knowing what I was picking. Does it make sense? Yeah. Like I, I, I had a bunch of quizzes to pick from. And I picked the one that was updated the most recently and without knowing what the questions were going to be. So that sucked. My bad. That was a really, really terrible trivia day, but you should just tried you to should get- have just let me like ask obscure Titans trivia questions like, uh, Hmm, which kicker or okay. <laughs> the, the Titans won two games in 2014 and they won the second one on a blocked field goal. Who blocked the field goal and who kicked it? Uh, Sammy Lee Hill blocked it. That's right. I don't know who kicked it. Josh Scobie of the Jacksonville uh, Jack, Jaguars. That was a good guess. All right, guys. Uh, we'll be- <laughs> Brutal trivia. I look, I, and, and, and Steven says, that's why you always do a test before the show. Steven, if I did a test before the show, we would know I, would, I would know the answers to the questions. I <laughs> <laughs> That's why I can't. Now, I have like an option to, t- pit, to pick between 10 Titans quizzes. I picked the one that was most recently updated and thought, let's just do this one. And that was how it went. So, Steven, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Hope you have a guys have a great rest of your Tuesday. Don't forget A to Z Sports Podcast Network for new content. Uh, throughout the week. Also, a to Z sportsnational.com for anything we write on the Titans, the Vols, etc. Uh, so we'll see you guys tomorrow on a Wednesday, Buck Rising Live tonight with A to Z Sports Primetime at 8. We'll, he'll see you then. We'll see you later. Thanks.